Chilling to join me one more again for We Show Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This year, the Queen quite had upon the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad that the Hunter Chilling taught them not robbery for tuning to We Station. And this year, the We Live broadcast for this year, yeah, for the Oman Money and things like that. So for all the Oman with the Jonah, I hope one of you had a positive, uplifting, empowering month this year, time and things like that. But read to us this evening. We going on forward into one my prime day for every year that April first and thing like that. It was the first time I gone to the UN back in nineteen ninety nine. So we going crack we teeth with this your thing to say them. But first we gotta do like we always do with all the hundred of the yeti too. We wanna take this your time to take a moment of silence for all them, especially the moment now, children, around the world. Who the human rights leader and things like that? Who will go on over to the Ramas fighting for all of we, for her, on their life? That is your thing, her human rights. Let we take a moment of silence. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. I'm so glad for Dia one more again and thing like that. And thank you, thank you to all the hundred children with Dia around the world and thing like that. You're getting me every week and thing. Rather with some children with downloaded thing for iTunes and all that thing like that. And y'all getting mother with a place. And then we will blog them and bed them and thing like that. And share them on all hundred social media and thing like that. 
So for all of we, we're there from Jacksonville, North Skakalaki, Jacksonville, Florida, Panisia Sea Island, and 30, 35 mile inland and things like that to the St. John River. We're so glad that I'm going to deal with there one more again. So thank you, thank you for this year, yeah? Okay. So for all of my global listeners, I want to truly thank all of you who have stood by this broadcast. We are already eight seasons deep with being able to spread information to people not just within the Gullah Geechee Nation from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida on these sea islands and inland to the St. John's River, but to people all around the world. And it is always a blessing to me to get emails from the various listeners who are dedicated fans who have written me from everywhere about various things, especially about what you appreciate about what you learn on this show. And I also want to thank all of you who proceed and become members of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, which you can find more details about at gullahgeechee.net, at gullahgeechee.net. And on April 1st, which will be the anniversary of the very first time, and is not April's Fool's Day trick at all, because it was no foolishness, when I sat down before the United Nations Human Rights Commission in Geneva, Switzerland, 1999. So on April 1st, the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition will be unveiling the Gullah Geechee Land.com, Gullah Geechee Land.com. So mark that down, and I want to thank everyone who has gone to gullahgeechee.biz and not only purchased items but became members of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition because that says to me and says to the other members and supporters around the world that we are doing what is necessary, what is needed. And the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition will be 25 years old come this December. So I was already doing that work when I was approached and asked whether or not I wanted to take the human rights issues of the Gullah Geechee people before the United Nations. Now, any of you who've listened to this broadcast over the years, you listened to the podcast I had that predated this one when we were first starting up podcasts. So even though it's eight seasons deep on here, I've been doing these podcasts for a decade at least now. People know that at the point in which I was asked that question, and if you've ever heard me answer this on any videos anywhere, as I have been asked this on television, and I'm sure some of those videos are out there on TV. You can subscribe to that just like you can for this show for free, TV. I have let you know that when I was asked that question, I happened to be in New York City at that time. And I had an organization called the African Cultural Arts Network, African with a K, Cultural with a K, ACON. And we used to travel not just the U.S., but to other countries and visit and learn from other black people about their historic legacy and stories and support the businesses and support the arts in various communities. We would go as groups. And so... When I was asked about going to the United Nations, I just knew all I needed was a token. Yeah, this predated um, swiping a card, okay, at the turnstile. You still had folks jumping the turnstile. You could drop in tokens at that time with no Metro card. So you know that's been a minute. So while I was there, 
and I got this email message saying someone wanted to talk to me, and when the question was asked by Dr. Yusuf Ankhli of, of the International Human Rights Association for American Minorities, God bless the dead, whether I wanted to go to the U.N., easy answer was yes. I had no issue with taking before an international body or anybody the issues that I felt were pertinent that the world needed to know about to stop the annihilation of my people. There was no way that I could have spoken before all these people, won all these awards for speeches, and not be willing and able to make a speech. It didn't matter who I had to make it before. All I needed to know was how long would I have to talk. And then I put it together. And I thank God for Dr. Clyde for paying attention to what was going on because I had no idea that such an organization such as ERAM existed. I had no idea how people took their issues before a united body that people from around the world because most of what I'd seen in my life had to do with domestic law. It had to do with civil rights. It did not have to do with human rights. I had heard of the term human rights. Why? Because of the late, God bless the dead, Malcolm X, Elhaj Malik Shabazz, and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., God bless the dead. Here it is, they both had intersecting visions in regard to what was the next step. That the next step for black people in North America could not be to simply continue to march in the streets. The next step had to go up a rung higher because if you already accomplished the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which was actually the fourth one, and if you all follow GullahGeecheeNation.com, GullahGeecheeNation.com, just go to the search box and type in civil rights, and I've written about that before, that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was not the first one. So that's why when we see this denigration of the voting rights in Georgia right now, don't be shocked by that, because laws change all the time. Every day around the world, laws change all the time. Why? Because of what Dr. Clyde told me. It's about the political will. That's what law is all about. So here it is. I had the will, and they made a way for me to get to the United Nations in Geneva, Switzerland. Fortunately, I had a passport already. So when they asked for those details, I could provide those details. They could vet me. They could ensure who I was, who I was linked to, why I was coming. So that journey was pivotal, not just in my life, but for the very continued existence of Gullah Geechee culture. I had already been working with Congressman James E. Clyburn to try to get something done by the U.S. Congress to protect our land, because I knew if we protected our land and our land ownership, we could keep our culture alive. Well, they made it very clear to me the United States don't do that. They don't protect no land for nobody. They also threw around stuff about 
the laws about equality and how because of these EEOC laws and such, they couldn't, you know, designate things for one specific group. They'd have to still make it just open to everybody. Well, that opening to everybody then really derailed a lot of what could have been done with the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Act to ensure the continued existence of Gullah Geechees and not put it into the hands of people who decided, well, fine, we got the law, but let's run with it toward tourism. Let's run with it toward the very same thing that was causing the displacement. See, I'm a scientist. I'm a computer scientist and mathematician, so logic means a lot to me. I also studied engineering. And so I know how to design things, and I can also deconstruct things. And deconstructing what is systemic is not easy for everyone. And that has become all the more blatantly obvious the older I get and the more engaged I am in human rights work. Because there are still so many people that relegate themselves to their local community, they relegate themselves to their state representatives and their laws and do not realize there are other arenas in which to fight, nor do they realize there are other tools from other arenas to bring into the fight, even if it be local. Fortunately, in the Gullah Geechee Nation, we were armed with human rights law from the beginning, so therefore we've been able to win a number of cases. I personally have been deposed in so many cases, now I can't count. And all those cases we won to save people's burial areas throughout the Gullah Geechee Nation. We have also won various land rights law issues, and we have gotten laws changed in certain states to help with our environment. That work has not ceased. So that's why I started the show tonight thanking the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, and I also thank all our international partners because Iram planted a seed that allowed a certain passion to grow within my spirit for wanting to know all the more about international law. So I've gone to all different types of conferences and meetings and workshops and sat there, learned from other people, sometimes presented, because it's no easy thing to get on the dais at any United Nations event and to be invited to the COP events about our very planet about climate action, the Council on Parties is what Council of Parties is what COP stands for, not the police, all right, at the United Nations. I've been to a couple of those now and trust and believe me, if my first journey to the Human Rights Commission, the halls of it, in Switzerland, if I thought that was a secure place, if I thought that when I got on a bus and then walked a few blocks across town to go meet with some high-ranking officials of the U.N. was a secure place, trust and believe me, the U.N. cop events have proved to be you hadn't yet really seen a secure event. When you are inside of an event and inside the inside, there's an area that you can't go in without going back through security and you got to have ID to get in that section. So, it was surprising to me that they had what they call zones. One zone, all these heads of state and ambassadors and stuff were over there. 
the others on, anybody else kind of, all the NGO folks and whatever. So to be able to have an opportunity to be invited to speak at these arenas, I still don't necessarily think it's all sunk in, but I know that it has mattered. And why do I know that? Because I saw the United States government pay attention to my people, the Gullah Geechee people, after I spoke at the U.N. I've watched the COINTELPRO operators attempt to mimic trying to go to the U.N., but doing things like taking pictures of themselves standing outside, which they give tours of the, well, they used to, give tours of the United Nations to general public people. That's not the same thing as actually being in those meetings, sitting and negotiating. It's not the same thing as talking to high commissioners and having private meetings with them and negotiating things and leveraging things. It's not the same thing as actually having U.S. congressional representatives who you don't get to meet in Washington suddenly invite you to the American embassy in Switzerland. And they remember you so much. They then turn around and invite you to things when you get back to the United States. So that's the thing that has been so power-filled is watching people contort and distort over this time since 1999, all to try to cloud other people's minds so that they don't replicate freedom. Because to be self-determined means that you have to have some will. You have to have some wherewithal. You have to have vision. You have to have focus. You have to have persistence. You've got to have some power. So when the Gullah Geechee Nation's leaders stood together on our human right to self-determination from 1999 to 2000, before UN observers, before United States observers, from that time, April 1st, 1999, to July 2nd, 2000, I went through a lot of different things, initiation rituals and other things as both a queen mother and a head of state. And so that story is yet to be told to the public because it's obvious a lot of the public is not ready to hear all of that story. But what the public thinks they're ready for is this term that I love called Jedi. I love that term. But one might say, well, what is that? You know, you're talking about the movies? What are we talking about now? Well, that's why people started coining the phrase Jedi, because we'd remember it from the movies. But it's an acronym for Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. We're not going to talk about diversity and inclusion because that's real simple to talk about. We don't need to spend a lot of time on that. Just mix a whole bunch of different kind of people together and they'll be diverse. And because you invite them, they're included. So that's over. Let's talk about the hard parts. Equity. Equity is not the same thing as equality. I recommend you go to GullahGeechee.tv, put in Queen Quet and uh, Dr. Nasman Thomas. We talked about that. Those two things are not the same, and that's a whole show in and of itself. I want to talk tonight about a key phrase that the civil rights leaders were looking for and are looking for, the human rights leaders were looking for and are looking for, and a word that every other person seemed to be ringing out last year as the world watched and saw Brother Ahmaud Arbery murdered. 
saw Sister Breonna Taylor murdered, saw Brother George Floyd murdered, God bless the dead, after we'd already seen Trayvon Martin and Tamir Rice and Walter Scott and just so many that the list is endless. They joined the list of the others lynched that Ida B. Wells had written about and why did that word that was one word become two words for us in the black community, just us, not justice. So... Being a wordmeister, I decided before I came on the air to not only pull up some things that I want to share with you about this continued human rights journey that the Gullah Geechee Nation is on, but to actually get us literally on the same page so that you all will understand what I'm talking about here. So I decided, let me look in a dictionary that Americans use and see how do they define justice. So Merriam-Webster, who Americans have been looking to since 1826, they say, (laughs) all right, defines justice as the maintenance or administration of what is just, especially by the impartial adjustment of conflict claims or the assignment of merited rewards or punishments. Okay? A justice can also be a judge of a court. And justice can also be the administration of law. The other definition is that justice is the quality of being just, impartial, or fair. And the last one is that justice is the conformity to truth, fact, or reason. Let's deal with that. The truth is black people have suffered numerous human rights abuses from the transatlantic slavery period forward. The truth is, as a result, we have a lot of psychosis and disbelief about even facing the fact that you can't go to unjust law for justice. So there's the fact. But what's your reason? Your reason that you feel like that is there's something called post-traumatic slave syndrome, and there's also something called assimilation, and there's also something called miseducation that makes us believe that even when America doesn't call you American, you think you're American, so you feel you should have everything that Americans get. But then the people who are the ones who are the descendant of the so-called founding fathers tell you that ain't true, that this land was, wasn't was made for me and you. It was made for them and their people. Huh. That's interesting. But it's our African ancestors whose backs were broken to build this, they laid the cornerstone for what was called America. That's the truth. That's a fact. So it stands to reason why black folks would say, get off our necks, get off our backs now. Stop murdering us. Stop killing us for the simple fact that we black. And that's the truth. There's no reason for it. No rhyme, nor reason. But White supremacy is part of every season of the existence of America. That's reality. Racism, that construct, unfortunately, was cast around the world just as they cast Africans around in the African diaspora. There was a mechanism by which they had to justify the injustice. 
and unfortunately some of us have ingested their justifications as black people. And we want to know what somebody did wrong. Ain't nobody did nothing wrong enough for nobody to be pressing down on their neck with their knee, lynching by knee, while somebody holler out to their mama on the same day that their mama had died. So there's no rhyme, there's no reason for it. That is the truth, that is a fact. So when Gullah Geechee step into an arena and we stand for our human right to self-determination, we stand as an example of what can be as a freedom march for other people of African descent, especially in North America. So here comes the COINTELPRO operators who tend to be black, but not Gullah Geechee. And then if they say, oh, I was born there, they're assimilated. Didn't want to be called Gullah Geechee before. But once the news got hold of it and once they thought the U.S. federal government said it was okay, here they came a-running. And that's reality. It's unjust, but it's true. It's a fact. That's the details. And now one might say, oh, well, maybe they just, you know, changed, you know, they came to accept themselves. Hmm, there's room for growth with anyone. But let's conform to the truth here. And the truth is, if there wasn't any money they thought was attached to it, they wouldn't do it. And that's why you don't see them putting their necks on the line at any point in time to actually get in the streets, actually come out and be even in the courtrooms, be in any of the town hall meetings, the county council meetings, or anything, risking their name and some think risking their fame to even act like they oppose those who simply exploit the environment and our community. And they come in all colors, come from all races, all different genders that are doing it. So don't think that, oh, it's just white folk. No, uh uh-uh. You got black folk doing it. And the moment that they're in a dollar and saying Gullah Geechee, they're going to be doing something else. That's the reality. And I spent this month being interviewed by a number of people, some people I never met until this month. It's been such an honor to meet them. And others who have been there and watched this journey. They were around prior to 1999. They saw the work that I'd done with the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. They were there at my installment in 2000. They watched me, some close up, some from afar, ever since. Some have marched with me. Some have hosted me. And they wanted the truth out on their platforms, on their social media, on their radio broadcast, on their TV broadcast. I've had some of the most blessed conversations I could have ever had during the course of this month. And I said to someone early in this month, I said, well, this is Women's Her Story Month in the midst of people thinking of now Black Lives Matter and Jedi. Justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. I guess it's my time. And they said, what you mean, Queen, it's your time? I said, because the same people who wouldn't have spit on me if I was on fire before now want to say they know me because I was always that person 
that wanted justice for all, that would speak up from the time I was a child, even if I thought the teachers didn't like it, I'd argue on behalf of my classmates, argue my point, stand my ground, hold my position. If this is righteous and it's right and it's truthful and it's honest and it's just and it's a fact, it stands to reason, I would have thought everybody would stand with me. Not true. Not the case. Some people are point blank, as I've been taught, too cowardly to do that. They remember the yellow brick road, if I only had a heart. Okay? There are those who need a heart. There are those who need a heart for their own community and not just for themselves and their pockets and what titles they think they can get or how many times they think they can get their name in print or their picture in a publication. There are people that have already sold their souls. One of my favorite songs is My Soul Ain't For Sale. So the truth and the fact and the reason is because I work for God first. I work for my people of the Gullah Geechee Nation second. And so at all times and all things, I want to do what I see in the midst of this justice definition where it says that the quality of being just, impartial, or fair is also conformity to the principle or ideal righteousness. The justice of their cause is the example it gives under that. So... The righteous people I've found in the world are those who, even when they tell us there's threat of death, they still come together at the United Nations. The fact that anybody could actually just attack those arenas and get rid of a lot of us as world leaders in one foul swoop, they don't even think about that because their concern is more for their people and the future generations coming than they are just for themselves at that moment. Now, don't think there's some shysters that get in there, too. They're just there for political plays to see if they can get where they think some money's at. Now, there are plenty of those. Passion, especially from the NGOs, the non-governmental organizations, that are truly there, righteously there, seeking this thing called justice. America doesn't corner the market on justice or injustice. But America go pretty far in the latter, unfortunately. So when I think about how do we combat that, we talked about human rights. So I decided let me also look up the word rights before I start talking about some of the ways in which I'm currently focused on things with numerous international partners now, not just ERM in this arena of human rights. And so rights is interesting because when you look it up in these American dictionaries, at first it just wants to give you the word right. I look up the word rights, and it wants to just give you the word right, right? Uh, so it's like, okay, I didn't ask you for right. I want rights. So now once I've found it, it said those things that one is morally or legally entitled to do or have. It also says the sole legal permission to publish or reproduce something in any form, such as a story or a book. 
So if you have rights, those things that one is morally or legally entitled to do or have, that can take on a myriad of forms because what's moral may not be what's legal. Remember, chattel enslavement was legal, but was it moral? I would argue it was not. Okay, what scripture you bring me? I would argue it was not. So there are a lot of immoral things that go on all the time. And morality, some might say, well, who could be the judge of morality? You know, different communities think different things is okay to do. Right. So if we go argue that point, what are those things that one is morally or legally entitled to do or have? Because there's some things that are legal. It don't mean it's expedient. So interesting, when we fight in the human rights arena, like I said, the rights are crafted on paper the way laws are crafted on paper. When we talk about the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, we then have to encourage member states, and that's what all the countries are called, states, member states of the UN to adhere to the universal law of human rights and then to enact laws in their own countries that would bring about justice for all people. They would protect the rights of all people, the moral rights, the human rights. And now here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, part of that has to be the land rights and the water rights. Between several different meetings today, after coming out of my field that my ancestors planted when they were enslaved, and thank God they had the mother with and thing like that, and shiny thing for over upon them, and for all of we and thing one with a car, you know, they ain't never show. They left us land that I still plant, the same way my mother planted it, the same way her father planted it, and the same way his father planted it when they owned it. Prior to that, they were planting it for the enslaver to benefit from, to exploit. So, fortunately, I was able to do that. Then came in, had an email box full of emails that I still have not finished checking, just for today. And several of them that I decided to open were from partners who are helping to fight for 30 by 30 plans to protect 30% of the land, 30% of our waterways, because that's part of the climate action process that is necessary, especially in regard to our UN Sustainable Development Goals. So I was signing. I was signing on to a number of different letters and documents to send to the Biden and Harris administration to say that the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition is one of the organizations of the world that the US, that is connected to the U.S. that could also encourage them to go forward with their work they're doing to protect these areas. Well, in addition to signing those things, I, I got to glance at some other things that are going on and many of them going on at the U.N., where I recently had an opportunity to be blessed to present, and I want to thank Edfu Foundation for inviting me to be able to present for this panel that we recently did about genocide. If you haven't yet seen it, you can go to the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page or you can go to Gullah Geechee TV on Facebook and see it there. 
but we'll also soon be releasing it on our YouTube channel and on TV. Again, Gullah is G-U-L-L-A-H. G-E-E-C-H-E-E is Geechee. Ain't no I and Geechee for the week. TV. If you go to GullahGeecheeNation.com and type in Ed Fu Foundation, you type in Queen Quet, uh, Women's Her Story, UN, you'll also probably pull it up there from the original blog announcing that we were going to have that presentation. Well, this week I'm blessed because everything is coming together. It's linking up. That work at the international level is coming home in the sense that on tomorrow I will be a part of a Florida college. They are having Earth Justice Week. And they produced one of the most outstanding flyers that I've ever seen myself on. It is unbelievable. So I will be part of Earth Justice Week with them and will be presenting there on March the 31st. And there will be a whole Zoom meeting again. So if people want to know more about that, if you go to the Gullah Geechee Nation's Facebook fan page, you'll find a beautiful poster with me on it about Earth Justice Week. Or if you follow Gullah Geechee on IG, on Instagram, you've seen the poster. You can connect up and find out how to actually be in the room for that Earth Justice Week film screening and discussion that we're going to have. Well, that's going to be the final day of March that I'm going to do that. But tomorrow, I'm going to be one of the keynote speakers for the Climate Change Makers Environmental Justice Leadership Forum on Community Resilience. And that is going to take place also via Zoom. It will be broadcasted as well. Um, but you can go over to Gullah Geechee Nation dot com and see where the sign up link is so that you can be there to hear that discussion about environmental justice. So this final few days of March leading up to the anniversary of the first time that I sat down in an international human rights arena known around the world as the United Nations. I know that God has this strategized, that I would be spending the days leading up to that anniversary talking about justice and talking about earth justice, talking about environmental justice, talking about fighting for what is moral and legal in terms of earth law as well as human rights law. What is the right and moral thing to do to sustain cultural heritage and communities and not commit genocidal attacks against us. So it is a power-filled time for me. It is truly a time where I feel honored to know the people that I know in this world who are these people of passion that are fighting for all of our rights and that are willing to die for it. Because once you find something you're willing to die for, you can really go ahead and live. And that's kind of a paraphrase from Dr. Martin Luther King. And what greater time to be fighting for the types of things and issues that I'm fighting for 
that during two decades that I value so much personally. This is still African descent. The International Decade for People of African Descent started in 2015. It goes to the end of 2024. I know y'all say it ain't fair. We had a whole year of COVID. We ought to add a year on that. I don't think the U.N. going to add a year on that. But we can if we want. Keep the drums playing forever. Always celebrate ourselves as people of African descent. And there are so many activities we've had in the Gullah Geechee Nation with international partners. It's been a blessing. It's been amazing. Everything we do, we can state that is for this international decade. But what it was for is they proclaimed it so that the international community would recognize that people of African descent represent a distinct group whose human rights must be promoted and protected. They say that there's around 200 million people within the Americas that identify themselves as people of African descent, and that there are many more throughout the African diaspora around the world. We ain't even talking about the continent, on the continent itself. So this decade was so that people of African descent would get recognition, justice, we back to that word, and have development. And that development needs to be tied to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals that we need to achieve by 2030. So even as the international decade of people of African descent wind down, we'll still have about six more years to go to try to achieve the UN SDGs, which I've spoken about in this program. I've blogged about it, GullahGeecheeNation.com, so you can always find out more details there. Those who follow the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, you've seen me in front of those SDG colorful things many times in various arenas from UNESCO to the UN. Well, I love the whole construct of this. But I was beating drums when I was invited to be part of the UN Oceans Action Group. And I was invited to Korea to speak. That was powerful. And I was treated so well there. Then, here it goes, this year, Open the United Nations Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development. The theme is the science we need for the ocean we want. And that rings so true with me because us in the climate action arena was always doing hashtag the future we want. And that that is why we're fighting for the sustainability of these lands and oceans. That's why y'all will hear more and more about the 30 by 30 plans that are happening in various states in the United States, but around the world, the United Nations. So at the federal government level in the United States, I definitely support the president and vice president looking to have the 30 by 30 plans to protect 30% of the land, 30% of the waterways, so that we can have a sustainable earth 
that we can sustain not only the creatures of the wilderness and our water bodies, such as the ocean, but also sustain ourselves. So if you ain't all about the outdoors like I am, well, be selfish then. Think for yourself. You ain't going to live if we don't do something, and we do it now in terms of changing our actions since there is the major Anthropocene component or as now we're being called, as we talked about in another activity I had, the blessed opportunity to be part of this this month was the human element. We had the four elements we always talk about. Well, the fifth one is the human element, and how is it, how are we, that element, impacting the other four? to the point where you changed the whole world, the climate changed? Well, if we did that in the negative, let's do that in the positive. So I am happy to beat drums during the international decade of people of African descent to welcome in the United Nations Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development, and it puts me back in my element, science. Remember that? Science! Blinded me with science. Love science. Thing. So my cousin said to me the other night, that's your jam. Yes. Besides music, that's my jam. So scientific people, we tend to look at things more often than not formulaically. We also look at it linearly because one plus one equals two. It doesn't, you can't sit there and do a debate on what other particular number it could possibly be. See, soft sciences allow that kind of stuff, all that permutation. No. <laughs> this is or it isn't. And that's what I like about math, like the numbers. Give me the numbers straight out. And so the numbers have said that we ain't got much more time. How about that? <laughs> time is a number. We ain't got much more of that with us behaving. Well, let's put it plain, acting a fool out here with how we treat the earth and what we're allowing to go into the water. Even in the midst of the pandemic where Mother Earth started to heal herself, the moment we got out there, we just take her back off because you're going to throw your mask down on the ground and it ends up in the oceans. All this extra plastic pollution that then the sea creatures are ingesting that now we also have all this other toxins and pollutants that we realize now are causing the ocean to acidify. If you want to learn more about that, put in Queen Quet Ocean Acidification on YouTube. And you see a video that I made about this to kind of break it down a little bit more. So as I thought about the fact that April 1st was approaching, that that's an anniversary, that I like to take time and meditate, reflect on all the years since the first opportunity that I was at the U.N. And if I'm not physically sitting in a seat at the U.N. again on that date, I like to take that time on my own land to hear from my ancestors, to let God give me new direction, renewal, focus on where to go next in terms of, as I mentioned earlier, going up a notch, going up a step, and going higher with our rights 
doing that which is righteous for the people. So it's a blessing to be able to know that on my calendar this whole week will be nothing but things about justice, nothing but presentations that I'm doing with one group, another group, and another group about justice. And it that in this case, it's not just us black folks. It's just us who are passionate about having a righteous life for ourselves and for our children to come and for us to have an earth in which our children will be able to still live. And somebody won't be kneeling on their neck. And when they're not kneeling on their neck, they're polluting and poisoning them because of toxic waste they're dumping in the water or spewing out in the air and telling you about jobs they could give you. Some of the most immoral things we've ever imagined have happened with that word, that other G word. Oh, but we going to bring jobs to your community. But guess what? There'll be just us there until we die from these cancer alleys and these other things that right now the UN is even speaking about not allowing yet another cancer alley to be presented and continue down in Louisiana. And I got love for my fam down there. Love for my fam on the Gulf. We go through the same things. We got a lot of Geechees down there. All right, a lot of color Geechees went down there, and they singled them out. Oh, a bunch of Geechees because they talk like that and all. But when it comes down to this fight for justice, you need Gullah, Geechee, and everybody else that's going to join in with us. So it's not just us. So, again, that's why I wanted to thank all the human rights freedom fighters out there in the world, whether you're focused on climate action whether you're focused on self-determination, whether you are focused on food justice and security now, because that's another thing that I'm connected to that I'm going to be announcing after April 1st, whether whichever component of this that you have been placed on the earth at this time to focus on, and fight with with all your might, fight for with all your might, put all the passion and energy and power that you have into it for us to really reach a point where there is justity, there's not just equity but equality, that there's a diverse set of people that are included in the justice and human rights arena to the point where the Universal law of human rights is the declaration of the universal law of human rights is not just a postal, but it's a lifestyle for everybody around the world. I salute you. I thank you. I celebrate with you. You are who I celebrate on April 1st. I celebrate my people who still stand for and with me those who were born and were old enough to vote for me, and those who since have come along and said, I appreciate you because you my queen, you our queen. Thank you for representing us. Because with death threats looming, with the tremendous amount of lies and misinformation that has recently even shown up on social media, all part of the COINTELPRO operation to try to destroy the human rights movement and self-determination of Gullah Geechis. It is sickening. 
It is aggravating. But most of all, it is ignorant. And that has no place in my space. Because to get over ignorance, you need to do what my favorite proverb says. (laughs) Know this, that wisdom is the principal thing. And all thy getting, get understanding. So as complex as human rights law is, as complex as the right to self-determination is, you may not understand how and why a group of black folks could elect their own leadership and elect a woman to have done that, to be the first set of people, black folks in North America, to ever do it and to do it successfully. And just because you're black and you might say, oh, I'm born in Charleston, I ain't in Charleston, I in this place, I in that place, that don't make you understand. But there's folks that can help you get understanding if you truly seek that. But instead, if you seek to exploit the culture, exploit the community, and bastardize the words of what we've done, woe unto you. Woe unto you. Because this is not a small thing. And everything we do will be just like the ripples in the ocean. Those rings are going to expand out. And I pray that they reach shores of power for people for generations long after I'm gone that now have a sustained community, have a pride in their culture, and they stand together in unity. We owe that to our ancestors. And we owe that to our children's children's children to come, like our ancestors, my ancestors, bless me, to say, I'm still on land, can feed myself from it. And that was the land they had been enslaved on, but they had the mother with from parts of anything like that, and left them for eat. So, again, I encourage you all who stand with us, stand for us, who are in this arena too, please email us to G-U-C-O at AOL.com, G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. Go to gullahgeechee.net, learn more about the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. Be ready on April 1st to go to gullahgeecheeland.com for the unveiling. Also, you can go to gullahgeechee.biz and become a member. It was such an honor today to mail out a package to a member that's all the way in France today. That was such a blessing. A new member that joined all the way in France. And so if you need to renew, you can go to gullahgeechee.biz and do that too. We also want to thank everybody who continues to donate to dollar sign, Gullah Geechee Nation via Cash App, dollar sign Gullah Geechee Nation via Cash App, which allows me to continue to be a part of these different arenas to fight for our human rights, our land rights, and our water rights. And those who still are going to GoFundMe.com because by April 1st we want to have reached the next plateau. So as of yesterday we were $400, I believe, short of it. I haven't seen it yet today because I've been in so many meetings and preparing for this show tonight. So please, if you think it's not robbery, please go to GoFundMe to the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy Fund. Donate there, or you can donate via dollar sign cat, cat from Cash App to dollar sign Gullah Geechee 
Nation, G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E. And most of all, for all of we, right here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, so glad that you take the time for tuning in to we station, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio, that I know it's time for me go, but I just had to say take it, take it, chillin', because you done blessed me so. Honey, chillin', keep standing strong, and keep fighting for justice for all. This year the Queen Quest, head upon the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Peace, love, blessings, and strength to all of you. Keep fighting for the human rights and all you do. Mm-hmm.